Hello everyone, it's Friday night and it is Weekender time once again. On this week's show, I'm joined by a fine fellowship of friends to take you through all the goodness of tabletop gaming from the past seven days. As well as that, one lucky viewer will be in with a chance to win a Bersaleri Bolt Action Starter Army from store.ontabletop.com. To be with a chance to win, you need to be a subscriber to the channel and pop a comment below. If you can also give us a like and share us about on socially type things, that really helps us out. But otherwise, sit back, relax, crack a beer. Your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekender. I'm joined this week by John, Justin, and Ben as we take a gentle hobby meander through the week's gaming news. Uh, but before we get into all that, you may have noticed there's been a few things going on in the channel of late. Uh, we've been very, very busy doing all things Undaunted uh, with Osprey Games. So if you've not been paying attention, and if you haven't, why not? Uh, we've had a host of interviews, uh, some Let's Plays, all in the lead up to next week's launch of Undaunted Stalingrad, uh, which is the biggest. It's a, it's a mammoth. It's a monster. Splish, splash, blosh. It's bigger than all the previous Undaunted's combined, I think, as far as the stuff that's in there. In a legacy that's not a legacy game, so you don't actually have to worry about ripping things to pieces. But you can uh, dive in and check out all the stuff in our playlist or go to the Undaunted uh, page and see everything we've done because we've done a few let's plays in the past so there's solo games two-player games four-player games downloadable scenarios off the Opspray website designer interviews illustrator interviews writer interviews interview interviews there's a lot there's been a lot <laughs> I, I am just i'm waiting for jerry just to sit down someday and interview himself uh it's, i do it all the time uh, i came very close to try and get a digital interview with the guy doing the digital undaunted uh unfortunately i met tabletop simulator and tabletop simulator one so <laughs> couldn't couldn't work out how to do that exactly i know it's still beta testy type thing at the moment um but when that gets closer to, to release uh hopefully we'll be speaking to uh i think it's richard i want to say mm. don't hold me to that it's probably james anyway we're speaking to the guy involved for undaunted uh digital as well but yeah you should come over have a look at those uh or uh, stay here on YouTube and have a look at them. They're probably all stuck in some sort of massive, massive uh, jam-packed list, I imagine. One of those playlist yeah. things, like mm -hmm. what the kids have. Yeah. And uh, speaking of digital things, just as a side note, uh, Warhammer 40k Dark Tides uh, pre-order beta should hopefully now be live. Yeah, don't care so, about that. Anyway, on Daunted <laughs> Week, you can win a massive bundle of all the Undaunted. We mean all the Undaunted. Plus there's even an art book in there as well. If you Signed comment on book. any of those videos. So uh, you should uh, definitely dive into the Undaunted playlists and not worry about something digital. It's not, as much, <laughs> it's not as much fun as pushing things around on boards. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anywho. Um, right. So that's Undaunted. Now we should undauntlessly plow on into the most important part of the week which is of course our indie of the week uh and this is one that 
we've commented on the past. We've looked at news stories in the past. I think we've even looked at a Kickstarter. Uh, and yet somehow we've managed to completely miss it for an indie at all times, uh, which takes a bit of doing. I suppose it's wood for the trees kind of thing, really. You can't see the indie for the articles. Uh, but this is uh, Bad Squiddo. Uh, and if you're not aware of Bad Squiddo games, there's a bit of a story. Um, well, actually, we'll start in the shop, and I can explain the story via the shop. So if we go here, and if I go into the Bad Squiddo miniatures part, uh, Annie started years ago crocheting dice bags. Uh, so she was known as the dice, dice bag, bag lady. lady. Yeah. Uh, and she did this for some time. Um, and then she started to get into Saga, I think it was. Uh, so she she would buy like gripping base boxes and make like Saga warbands that people could buy. So you didn't have to buy a hundred figures to get the 30 you need for Saga out of them. Uh, and at that point, she started looking for female figures for shield maidens and stuff and discovered that there was a sort of a dearth of female figures out there um, across different ranges, periods and genres. Um, so she started to track these down from like companies like Dark Sword and stuff and would sell them on her website. Uh, over time, she's unable to do the crocheting anymore. I think uh, repetitive strain or something of that ilk set in. Uh, but the initial dice bag lives on with Baggy the Bag, um, which is a charming range of tiny, I say tiny, they're actually quite massive. Uh, they're like 35, 40 mils, so they're sort of ogre-sized dice bags in a variety of poses, uh, which is the only thing we're going to look at here, and then we're going to leave that at the end of the week. No. Um, <laughs> but important, important <clears throat> Joe, dice bag is the greatest. Uh, but yeah, so segueing from the dice bag and sort of doing stuff on the side, um, she then decided to actually start getting people to produce miniatures for her. Uh, so the the store itself has a variety of things from a variety of companies, but we're going to be specifically looking at Bad Squiddo miniatures, which are uh, a whole range of figures for different periods and genres that have been sculpted specifically um, for Annie and for Bad Squiddo that are accurate representation of, of women. So uh, not so much of the uh, sort of brawn fantasy, armor. bikini chain meal, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. There's no um, boob armor on display. No here, boob armor on display. So. <laughs> uh, but what it means is there is a, a huge variety of figures, so much so we're not going to get through a lot of this because when you hit some of them, it's like seven pages of stuff um, and we will be here forever. Uh, but uh, I will take us through a few of them because there's a lot of interesting bits and pieces in here. Uh, obviously, if, if you're playing games like Saga, for example, being able to put a set of uh, Shield Maiden fanatics. So, you know, your Berserkers, if you're running Berserkers, or if you're running, you know, Russ Filth, Heathen Princes, or actually just wanting to run them as Shield Maidens. Although if you want to run them as Shield Maidens, you need to attack another two in, because that's a six, uh, six strong mercenary unit, rather than four. But really nice figures. And, um, and Annie's been working with a variety of sculptors, um, so many that I could not tell you, but they're all listed. So, for example, Shane Hoyle. Always nice to see. Yeah. Um, I believe he cut his teeth with GW, if memory serves. You see a lot of stuff over in um, Lead Adventure these days. That's a heck of a big dog there. It really is. Would, would make a really nice warlord for your army. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neve and Sorsha. You can guess which one is which. <laughs> there's probably a little story because there's little stories with a lot of them, to be brutally honest. So we'll tell you in there which one is, is uh, Sorsha. Uh, but it's grown over time into <laughs> something that is. I love that one. That's absolutely <laughs> massive. Well, you know. Gary, what did you do to this lady? Who knows? <laughs> had, had I been drinking? <laughs> probably. But yeah, the, like I say, the Shield Maidens, obviously it started with the um, the saga influence. So it's not the biggest range, but it's right up there. And there's not just um, the, the sort of the standard things that you would see. So if you want to build a full Viking um, war band, you can do it. But then there's also bits and pieces that are just in there because they're nice. So having things like, you know, Freya's wild cats, big um, Norwegian yeah. forest cats. Big moggies. You can definitely do that. Well, they are quite hefty. Oh, yeah. They are, yeah. Norwegian forest cats are very big. I think only yeah. the main coon is bigger. Oh, God, uh, which, the main which, coon. Is, yeah. which is about the size of Ben. <laughs> it's roughly about the size of Ben. So Ben is a unit of measurement now. Okay, we now know this. <laughs> It's how you ma- measure giant cats. Um, but really interesting figures for uh, gaming and for um, dioramas and that sort of thing as well. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's my heroine, but all I can think is Raider, loot. <laughs> you know, it's up I'm, to say. You're going to get really an angry like... email on now off Annie for that. <laughs> well, you know, remember that time when the Vikings bravely carried off all the treasure to stop it when the monks spontaneously died and caught fire on Lindisfarne. It's a very similar concept. You know, the Vikings were there, a totally unrelated event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that they, they the range has gone to the stage now where you can buy essentially an entire army of shield maidens now if you really oh, want God, yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much choice in there, especially if you wanted to go down the route of making it slightly semi, semi-mythical as well. So obviously we saw Freya's cats there, but there's also like Hela and Valkyries and yeah, all sorts of different things. Which means so if you want to start the, playing Age of Magic or that yeah, type of thing, Age you can do it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you'll see other bits and pieces in here because there are fantasy bits um, that you can then add into those um, or, or go nuts with. Obviously, I just got messaged from uh, Spain that Clash of Katanas is on its way. So being able to field a full samurai force uh, for one of the clans here. I mean, I, I know it really always comes up, but using some of these for like a Frostgrave force could be very cool. Mm. Yeah, could be a nice way to go, definitely. Yeah. And there's a whole host of uh, various types of wizards and wise women kicking around. I really like those. Particularly like the sake bottle as well. So, you know, if you're going to fight, fight drunk. <laughs> well, it means you don't feel when you get hit. Everyone's a drunken master. That's how it goes. Uh, but again, the, the one of the things that really stands out whenever you see any samurai model is the individual armor on the various samurai. And that's been captured here as well. Mm. And the fact that, you know, you can't tell that they're, they're female makes sense because they were so tightly oh, bound in silks <laughs> and armor that, you know, you don't need boob armor. I think this has been dis- yeah. Yeah, shown off on many occasions in various um, documentaries and like that. 
once it, everything's pushed ev- down and everything and gets strapped in place, down. yeah, yep. uh, it's not really necessary. The, the weight of the armor will. The the on a on a on a musha as well, which is what these are based on, mm. were an actual legitimate historical element yep. of <clears throat> Japanese samurai society as well, because they they went down the route of you know, and they built on the idea that you know, if all the samurai and the ashigaru or whatever are off fighting in a war, and someone attacks your village, mm. well, you probably need some people that can defend it. Yeah. Why not that, teach the women how to fight? <laughs> so. That is something I was going to bring up is the like mm. the historical um uh, I want to say I'm going to say I'm going to go with accuracy because I don't mm-hmm. have a softer word like the you know is a, a lot of the stuff like you've just said Ben like a lot of this is actually based on real things. Yeah, I, 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 that's something life. I didn't yeah. know so I was mm-hmm. I was kind of looking at what what the context is for some of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll hit World War II in a little while, John, to keep you happy. Um, <laughs> I noticed just, you were hovering away from it. Is it? No, no, but I just wanted to explore a few of the other bits first. Um, but you'll see in there that it's <laughs> th- there's a certain amount of accuracy, uh, but then other bits and pieces are more of a what if. Yeah. But it makes perfect sense with the, the whole thing in the round. Um, the little kids there, the shinwhackers are great. You too can. Yeah. You've got to teach them young. It's like smoking. Hook them young, <laughs> and they're yours for life. This one, I think, is slightly less historically accurate. Although I have seen samurai cat armor on the internet, but as far as I'm aware, it's all modern reproductions. <laughs> so, oh, that don't believe everything you see. Much armor, such wow. Yogan meow. What's the uh, name? I love it. Makes sense. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere. There was a shogun who was a cat, and it was some weird mystical thing. They were like, "Ah, he's been a uh, 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 old daimyo or whatever. Our old shogun has been sort of re- reincarnated in the body of this cat." <laughs> I mean, Ben, it's kind of scary how much sense you're making because now that I finally actually have a cat at home, I can kind of see why the Egyptians went. You must be a god. You well, are you too much of an a hole, and you know, like just so confident in that everything is yours and you rule the world. That yeah, you have got to be a god of some sort. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, see, the uh, American is relatively small. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just having the Marilyn Monroe slash Norma Jean style, and then your war correspondence. Yeah, fantastic little miniatures. Those. I love then those the British, yeah. the British and Russian are much more comprehensive. <laughs> I wonder uh, why. Somewhere yeah. Shay's ears. Uh, pricked up at the yeah, he sound just of sat Soviets up and Russians. Someone said Soviets. Yeah, Soviet. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, well, we'll throw the Soviets up first then. So, you know, an equal opportunities employer, the USSR was, didn't matter who people were, they could be press ganged oh, and sent to the front line regardless. He, need, he needs that character tank. sniper. He oh, yeah. love the, the, the anti-tank rifle politi- or group though. Love That's it, that's a really nice model. Mm. Basically, what you're saying is this needs to be sent to Shay like immediately. Then I, yeah. I thought he was going to be on the show. To be fair, which may or may not if, have if influenced you want, me in some respect. Just for this one part of the news, just to let him see. Oh, that's all right. He can. <laughs> he can. He, he can suffer. Yeah, I love this though. That's beautifully done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it makes sense for the Soviets to have a lot of um, actual frontline fighting Probably. troops. They had what one point two million women in service, so mm. there was yeah. definitely a lot of yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of context that can be modelled. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what's what's the saying? Uh, quantity has a quality all its own. 
That's the one. You say that, but like some of the women were. Oh, I know they were vicious. Really good. Yeah. You know, terrifyingly so. The, oh, the, the tank, tank riders pack. Yeah. That's the, nice. The, the tank commander that got out of her own tank, like drove her tank out of the factory because she bought it and then fixed it twice in the field <laughs> under yeah. under enemy fire. Like, brilliant. Wait she, wait, she bought her own tank? Yeah, she bought her own tank. <laughs> what? I'm not explaining now. This is not the time for me. This is not another week of John Talks Tanks for an hour and a half. So. <laughs> and uh, you just have all the comments of, no. no. Well, of course, people would go and do research. Yeah. yeah. That's what the internet's for, research. The tank riders are really nicely made. Mm. So, yeah. So our our Soviets are more frontline-y. Mm. Like I say, there's a couple of pages of them. Uh, and Actually then, has night witches as well, i just seen. Yeah. So then British... Less well known for frontline females, so they didn't do that. Instead, think of them as alternative um, World War Two. So, if you've got your Operation Sea Line, that type of thing, Conflict Forty Seven sort of thing as well. Yeah, um, I love that they've done from that one picture of British guys in drag operating the, a six-inch na- naval yeah. gun. Yes. That's one of the, the most recent releases. Those ones, yeah, I think they're great yeah. as well. Fantastic stuff! What yeah. a what a brilliant because I love that picture. It just makes me giggle every time. There that you one? are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but what you instead have is um, essentially the 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 Wrens, the um, Home Guard, the, the Land Heroes, that sort of thing. So if you do a um, Operation Sea oh, Line type of of what if scenario you could have these in with the the old the second the infirm home guard men, yeah, probably being a more effective fighting force in many respects. Yeah, there's Lizzie and Queenie Mum working away on a big truck. Mm-hmm. Well, engineers, laughs. Yep, yeah. very nice. There's Vacuum Annie, Annie, Annie herself as SOE. <laughs> of course she is. Drop her into uh drop her into France. Take out foes behind enemy lines. That's the way to go. Ooh. I mean, we've got O two hundred hours. Maybe yep. SOE uh, Agent Norman could be sent out behind That's enemy true. lines to Very kick true, ass yeah. and take names. So I mean if Agent Peggy Carter ever makes it into Marvel Crisis Protocol. Well, yeah. Nice little alternate <laughs> mini. Uh, but if we skip on, we've got things like dispatch riders, actual people, artillery crews, and all sorts of different things. Yeah, yeah. the um, which, which as, searchlight as you, is really nice as well. Yeah, which as you forewarned me, it, it's correct for for the period. It's it's still fulfilling what they did. Yeah, without being outlandish. Yeah, without no, being they're, they're not trying- too silly. She's not tried to shoehorn in figures for the sake of figures yep. into areas um, where they didn't serve. But at the same time, if you wanted then to just go ahead and, and field a bolt action force or whatever it happens to be, I think um, I think there's a chain of command scenario you can download off the site here um, mm-hmm. specifically for it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Look at that. The land army. The land army is particularly good. I love how much the range has grown, like over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Oh, massively so. 
like obviously it all started out with the dark age stuff and that love for saga and, and things and then over the last little while it's kind of just expanded into something <laughs> into something fantastic running through fields of wheat the, the, least, <laughs> the least worst prime minister we've had in the past four years i mean surely that picture should have a cabbage no wrong person oh wrong one sorry Although now there obviously needs to be a miniature made of yeah. her with a cabbage. That would be yes. the way forward. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, into the horror side. So, like we were saying earlier, if you want to play something like Frostgrave, there are things kicking around like Shaman and uh, sort of Wizard and Wizard's Apprentice type mm-hmm. of thing. Although that, that looks like uh, oh, Mel Smith from Princess Bride. It does a little bit. <laughs> don't don't know if that was deliberate or not. Frankenstein in the Bairn, being very Peter Cushnesque, which I appreciate very much so, wholeheartedly. Yeah. He lives in Whitstable, you know. You can see him on his bicycle. Sometimes he buys vegetables. The Vampire Queens, a whole host of the zombie horses, zombie oh, horses, yeah, unicorns, sure. yeah. dogs, which is really good because trying to find zombie creatures. Is a pain in the backside. But are wolves, I guess. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. Wolves across the board all the time. Yeah. Um, the Blood Sorceress. That's cool. To With witches. an undead manservant. Very cool. Very nice. <laughs> I love that. That's Maybe a great set. Katarina and Undead Landschnecht. That is so primed for a little bit of Warhammer Fantasy roleplay stuff. <laughs> like you break into a, or you, you come to like a noble house and you realize it's been ransacked over the years or something and the only things that are still living are these the cursed lady of the manor <laughs> and her uh her erstwhile uh defender i don't know i've, I've kind of yeah. got he's a lunch neck and he's all right he works all day <laughs> oh dear say nothing there was the witches. The witches who do you think they are ben <laughs> well yes. that very vicious looking cat in the middle there yes <laughs> I was going to say they uh, they look very familiar to me. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Answers on a postcard, please. I got to say that's those are some well starched hats. So, yeah, it's the willow reinforcement <laughs> on the inside. It can stop a house from dropping on your head and killing you. <laughs> Just saying. Very cool. Oh, lovely stuff. Yep. Anyone uh, else want to look at? Oh God, yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple of others before we. We saunter off here. Suppose we should have a look at the ghosts of Gaia stuff because that's pretty the awesome. Post-apocalypse looks good. Uh, we have to have a look at the war pegs. I might keep that until the very end, just before we go. Uh, so your ghost of Gaia, post-apocalyptic. Um, so and sort of sci-fi gen- as well in many yeah. regards too. But uh, yeah. so we've gender bent Sylvester Stallone from Cobra mm-hmm. and uh, Kurt Russell Make from Liskin, yeah. every film Kurt yeah. Russell's been in. <laughs> Whether he carries a gun or not, I think this was him in Overboard with Goldie Hawn. Is, is it not like the second escape from? Or oh wait, we don't talk about that one. Uh, the post-apocalyptic things are particularly fun, especially with so many bottles, yeah. so many Osprey games and and mm-hmm. the likes kicking around these days, Rogue Stars and all sorts. Um, you can get these think- in there. But I think these as well. these sort of came out around the time that Games Workshop went to reboot Necromunda and brought mm. it back to the tabletop. And I think at that point, 
you basically had the Goliaths and the Escher, didn't mm. you? But this kind of allowed things to be expanded a little bit more so that you could play around with different types of characters, for Necromunda, and as mm. you say, pretty much all of those <laughs> Osprey games that exist, really. So, um, Yeah, these kind of have like a little bit of an escher feel. Through that. <clears throat> I like them for Rogue Stars. That's the game that I think a lot of people have looked from Osprey. Yeah, but Rogue Stars is a great little system, and these would be perfect for Rogue Stars. I also think that they'd be great for Space Station Zero as well, which is the new one from Starling Badger, which is where we're having a look at. So you would think that, wouldn't you? I would think it has Badger in it. It has the Badger in the title. Yes, <laughs> there's even a chibi miniature. Yeah, it's not the best miniature on this page. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, I, I kind of like the hamster. It's not a hamster, that's a guinea pig. Oh, fair enough. The, the, uh, the rule of thumb with anything from Bad Squiddo is that it, if it's an animal and it's tiny, it's probably, it's probably a, guinea a guinea pig. Okay, fair enough. So. I did. Education <laughs> has happened. There we go. Although yeah. in this case, this is definitely a person and not a load of bunny rabbits in a coat. <laughs> 100%. I don't even know why you would think it's a load of bunny rabbits in a coat. <laughs> Watership Down sequel just got creepier. This vengeance all the way. Yeah. More creepy kids. As if kids weren't creepy enough already. <laughs> I mean, Daddy Warbucks should be scared. <clears throat> It'll be cool to see um, them come back and revisit this range, I think. Because I, I, a lot of the, I think a, a, a variety of their sculptors have kind of leveled up, I suppose, over mm. the time that they've spent sculpting with um, Bad Squiddo. And it'll be really fun <laughs> to see them revisit the range. How do you think that, some that SS guy's going to survive? <laughs> Barrow rocket launcher? I, like to think- I, I have a question. That little animal on top, is it a gunner or ammunition? It's a spotter, I bet. Yeah. I like to think that the, the yeah. guy is saying to the, the Capicanon, no, fire the other way. <laughs> Why? What are you looking at me for? No, don't sit down. Turn the other way. <laughs> All he's looking for, for is first a hot you tub. shoot at them, then I give you the treats. Yes. Yeah. Um, never work see. with artillery or animals, and a combination of the both. So I'd never, you. never work with animals and high explosive. Yeah, well, because I'm just going to say I brought them up recently. We're Jag. Yes, he gets brought up quite a lot these days. <laughs> He's become our uh, unofficial spiritual mascot <laughs> since uh, Sean Connery passed away. <laughs> Poor Sean. Never see him on an owlbear again. But some dwarven wizards for your frost graving. Of course. There's one that would be perfect for your, uh, uh, what was it? Your jerry can whenever you were mixing metallics and it became all glittery. Yes, oh, sparky yeah. rubes. Mm. A dwarf hero. An Angie dwarf. Ben is in his happy place. <laughs> it's all about headbutting people. Well, it's it's quite hard to find a lot of female dwarf miniatures. So True. having access to them here is really good. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going down the route of making smaller warbands for games. Mm-hmm. So if you're going down the route of playing using these for Frostgrave or something, these are pretty good. Or using them as character models in Larger armies, so maybe if you're playing something like Oathmark and you want to have particular female characters leading the way, you could go down that route, which is quite nice. Alpacas. Yep. Alpacas are lovely creatures. 
They're hilarious. In your face. They're less spitty than llamas, though. Yeah. So, and what's even better is that if they, Twilight. if they kick you, it's not so bad because they've got little tiny, like fluffy feet. So, it, I mean, it hurts, <laughs> but it's not that bad. So. Yeah, but if the not, foot and the diameter of the foot is smaller, doesn't that increase the force of impact? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I may or may not have walked some alpacas a couple of weeks ago. So, anyway, <laughs> squirrel fairy cavalry, <laughs> squirrel calf. Jerry's happy place. Fear the squirrels. It's not even the biggest squirrel. There's uh, giant mutant squirrels kicking around on this website as well. Just in so. case you need to back up the squirrelage. It looks like one of them stole some Space Marine shoulder pads, like at four. Could on the be. Left. I, I, sure. <laughs> it, it might just be a fancy dress. I, I, no, no, I, I, look, I, no, no, look at the squirrel. Look at his, the top. Oh, of his the leg. squirrel. I'm looking at the yes. fairy. It does look like a couple like of that. shoulder marines. Yeah. Shoulder marines. Shoulder marines. It's all about the armor. You don't want to go into battle and get your uh, your squirrel deaded. Then you have to walk home. <laughs> and that's the worst thing about being well, I suppose you're fairy. Yeah. Yeah. Um so there's a lot more in there. I did say we would finish on the pegs, so I'll mm-hmm. keep the pegs open for a moment. Um but before we get to them. Like I say, tons more miniatures. There is, however, also a range of resin scatter and scenery pieces. Uh, This came from another company that was ceasing production of them. So Annie scooped it up rather than let it disappear forever, uh, which would be just the worst thing, Uh, which means if you're after some stuff to add to your bases, there is a whole host of... um, monstrous bits and bobs that you can add in there so things like the infested well it's particularly good everybody likes oh my god the stump tortoise amazing (laughs) many flavors of rat gigantic water bears of course uh it's not wednesday anymore so can't look at the frogs the tentacles are good trying to find individual tentacles is really difficult to find weirdly to say (laughs) Jerry is now sorted yeah I I was looking for some for a long time to do um, blood worm legion uh, for uh, kings of war and and it's surprising yeah but they they are huge well yeah they more look well fed (laughs) there's a human uh, there's your giant beautiful squirrels yeah they're massive yeah they're massive but like I said they look well fed they have stored many, many nuts for the winter. So, Stumpy. I love that. That's great. Stump tortoise is also a base. Oh, I just want to put a dwarf lord on top of that. <laughs> a, a slow dwarf for a slow creature. Yep. Yeah. Genies popping out of lamps. The dragon heads are pretty nice as well. Dragon heads are lovely. Yeah. Fantasy armor. Stone, Stone hands. Oh my God, those are cool. You can put wizards in them and do cool stuff. Tables and all sorts. There's a lot of stuff here that you could use to like populate your gaming table as a world. So like for blacksmiths, camps, you know, treasure troves. Piles of treasure for objective markers. Mm-hmm. Those that, objective markers, yeah. Those yeah. were the sets. I think those two sets were the ones that a lot of people snapped up when they originally were part of the, the previous company. That's it, Ristol. Mm. That was the company. <laughs> Ristol's yes. terrain, yeah. So, so they used to do we went those, Z instead of a yeah, I went Ristols, yeah. yeah. But uh, they did these, and loads of people picked them up for their dungeon delves and all sorts yeah. of different things. So it's good to see them still here. And yeah, 
uh, live and kicking, and so much, and all sort of broken down into the variety of places. I, mm. I suppose you would say um, loads of pigeons, which is very good if you've got a load of um, World War Two British ladies protecting the home front. At that point, you need tons of pigeon baskets and pigeons everywhere. Mm. Or you're just doing a diorama somewhere in London. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very expensive by the time you got all the pigeons you needed to cover everything. I don't think there's any any space that isn't pigeoned. As long as one of them is speckled Jim. Speckled Jim. So. Uh, would be dead now. Got eaten <laughs> by the Flanders pigeon murderer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so oh, I, think, I think there's like nine or ten pages worth of of train from so a lot for you to die there so a lot to get through there uh but before we disappear off here there is the the war peg and chums range uh so if you fancy playing some post-apocalyptic maybe you fancy playing some gaslands but with guinea pigs but with guinea pigs (laughs) in vehicles then you know you can do that fear the war peg i mean i i I did see a bunny on a bomb yes How I learned to start or stop loving or start stop fearing the war, start loving the ball. Was that? Oh, it's been so long. Strange love. That's what I mean. I mean strange love. People know the subtext. You've even got a scuba bunny that's going to help his friend set some dynamite. Right? Is, is that yeah. what you imagine that to be? That's what I imagine that to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I, all the, I was the, thinking was blue velvet. I don't know. This feels like a World War Two kid who has just taken all their pets and went. Now you have to defend the house whenever the Germans. <laughs> so I'm going to strap all of my things to you. Yeah, home, home it's fine, Mister Snuggles. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This no, one here. It's, it's fine, Mister Snuggles. You get it, jetpack. Now this is pod racing. Then, <laughs> then peg just goes zipping past you. At now Mach this five. is now this is peg race. Egg racing. Peg racing. Hey. <laughs> uh, yep. So. If you're interested in checking out Bad Squiddo, definitely go in there. Say there is... There's so much to go and check out as well. There is a, a normal store type thing as well with other ranges and company stuff. So Frostgrave, uh, there are miniatures in there for Frostgrave. Um, the chain of command bit has the download in it. So if you want that, um, Homefront World War II rules, free download for chain of command. If you fancy playing Wee. that free um and if you just uh, want to keep the kids amused or yourself then there's a coloring book and there's even a few free ones as well including more pegs eggs i love that Great i get it i know that sometimes that's that these are laid out on her stall at like salute and, salute that and things thing, like that yeah which is always fun because yeah. it gets people in and doing stuff and then looking at the range and things so it's all very nice mm. yeah. basking Properly basking in indie. the glue yeah mm-hmm. yeah Right, enough of that. We shall have a swish and return with the news. Coming to you from the centre of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh** you love. It's the News. (laughs) All right, we are back with the news and we're kicking things off with a little bit of the fantastical as Mantic have dumped a whole fiery host of releases upon us this week. Uh, so, December's pre-orders have gone up for Kings of War, and uh, some interesting bits and pieces in there. Oh, well, you might like this, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. I'm, I'm glad, glad you threw it in. Um, so, kicking things off, 
Uh, and this is something that Mantic have done, A, because it's cost-effective, and B, it makes sense, and that some of the bigger creatures are in multiple armies, because if you've got a giant thing like a slasher um, that can be tamed or put to work, then multiple people will use it. So we've seen this already with the goblins, but now the salamanders are getting some upgrades with the Gekata, um crew on the back of a slasher with bolt thrower, uh, which works kind of like a mammoth. Uh, theoretically, it can shoot. It has a platform on its back. It can stomp forward and smash things up. Um, I think you're better off kind of shooting as you go in just to give people the good news that you're on your way. In the grand scheme of things, the shooting is not effective enough that it's going to, you're not going to be sniping characters out. Mostly about taking, the chomping. It is all about be. the chomping. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> invitation to death, RSVP. Yeah. Uh, well, don't, you don't need to RSVP. Uh, it will come uh, <laughs> to make sure that you're, you're going to attend. Unfortunately, you can't see its tail, which is a really big spiky, uh, like a club, like a dinosaur club tail. Which oh, like would, an angular sort of type. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just over here. You can't see it. You can see one on my shelf over there because I've got one for my goblin army, but you can't <laughs> see it here. Uh, but yeah, so the Gekoas are getting one. However, I'm much more blown away with this, um, oh, which yes. is yeah. which is a, a prime on winged slasher. Uh, and unlike the orky version, the salamander one is leaning into the, the fire breathingness of the salamanders. So the salamanders are essentially fire elemental lizards in Kings of War. Uh, as they get older, they tend to cool down. So the young ones are very fiery and hot-blooded. Uh, and then the older ones get a bit more slow and uh, rock-like and a bit tougher. And sticking one on the back of Wing Slasher and sending him off to harass anybody oh, he cool. wants, really. Yeah. I think. It's kind of like he's going through his death metal phase. Yeah. You can see, <laughs> you can see some of the um, – those are primes down there, I think. Uh, so those are the plastic salamanders with the resin upgrade parts to make the, the guard helms and uh, long-hafted weapons. Um, although, you know, I'll quite happily just paint mine differently. So more red, younger, more black, older. Off you go, son. Get weighted into whoever you want. So Sally's getting a couple of big chunky. The thing that I really liked about the what we saw for the salamanders is that they've gone down the route of kind of matching a, a selection of the things in the in the range to what people would expect from the lizard men yeah. and like seraphon stuff that people have already seen so it's kind of that aztec mayan thing going on but then you have people like this chap the clan lord there who looks more like a like a dragon more like mm -hmm. a dragon person which i think is really cool because you don't often see that done obviously we've talked a little bit about this anyway mm -hmm. but you'd often see that done in miniatures and stuff you see it in 3d printing and things but uh, the yeah, the, the sallies have a very they've got more like um the less of the south american mm -hmm. and more of imperial room with a yeah. bit of spanish flamboyance thrown in sprinkled <laughs> over the top um as as that's hey, you your on pun par today, aren't you? It's the drugs. It's, apparent, <laughs> it? uh, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, obviously, they're very core heavy infantry list, but they've released things, uh, I think, last year slash early this year. They released the Scorch Wings, so the, the four flaming winged mini phoenixes that would uh, run about as chaff, and then there was the big... Um, Oh, I'm trying to remember the calf. They've got monstrous calf, which were on like mini dinosaur rhinos. 
I want to say Carnosaur Cab, but I don't think it is. Anyway, um, with these, with the Clan Lord and with the, the Slasher now, uh, they've kind of rounded out the, the Sally's, so it's more or less everything you want to, to stick on the tabletop and smash face with. It's, it's relatively cheap as dragons go for Kings of War. Do they have, so um, handy. Do they have many plastics, if any plastics, in the range? Yeah, or is the, it mostly the, the, These infantry behind, oh, right, like I say, okay. the, the core... The core box is plastic, so um, they come with hand weapon shield or two-handed weapon. Right. Um, so you can build your core force. I imagine they they will get a Gekata plastic, these guys, uh, as the younger, more nimble ones, um, because the whole, the whole idea is for everything to have their core choices available in plastic, which Maddox has been pushing towards for a little while now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the orcs... <laughs> getting their chariot slash fight wagon upgrades. Um, so seen this a little while ago with the Ogres uh, was the first. So a new plastic chariot uh, set. It can be made as a fight wagon where you just turn the spikes the other way and turn the mob beast round in their traces and push. Uh, and the, the, the dogs don't go in first, the orcs do. Um, but they obviously are, you've got the, the new chariot bodies, the, older style um, infantry set on top, which means then you've got now pretty much all, in fact, I think that is all of the orc core choices. No, their um, cavalry. Cavalry might get a redo. Ooh, that could be interesting. Well, crudgers crudgers in everywhere. Background. Yep, th- those are the um, the, the, the old, the, the rustic ones. Okay. Well, they're, they're the soft plastic as opposed yeah. to the, the high impact, the, the styrene stuff for here. Yeah, wouldn't it be clever of a company to actually put their their new next thing out in the background? <laughs> Just blurry. So, sometimes they do, but <laughs> but not not in this case because I know what they've they've sculpted tilling wise has mostly uh-huh. been ogres, ogres and undead um, uh-huh. this year. So it's just the fact that the goblins and the orcs also use that same chariot mm-hmm. that the ogres do. Uh, means that they've been Jerry, able Jerry to has get a listening device it. in the Mantic offices. So it's, I, I just all, you know, all the spyware. If anybody wonders where I wasn't here last week, it's because I was off stalking Ronnie Rent. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have a hobby. Uh, um, I just imagine that work. being a little bit Pink Panther. <laughs> very, very much Pink Panther. Um, speaking of the fun dead, the Empire of Dust are getting a couple of champion. well, a couple of releases, a champion and the Worm Riders here. Um, Sanborn Worm Riders, they're, they're interesting. They're different. They're okay, creepy. that. They're very creepy. Uh, I mean, there are live versions of Worm Riders for the Trident Realms, uh, which have a similar shape, but not as not as weird as this. Mm. So the uh, the Empire of Dust getting some monstrous calf to scoot across the tabletop and and punch face, which means they've got a, they've got a massively. I think they've got a full range in in a very short amount of time since they decided to redo the the empire of dust and Thanks replace to the, the new starter box and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah the uh, ammonite ammonite rising is that it mm. yeah yes style spears are interesting Ooh. yeah well it leans into that egyptian feel for the mm-hmm. empire of dust uh and as you can see the uh champion as well so mm. if you want to use them as a I mean, the Revenants are always filth in an undead list anyway. Uh, Revenant champions are doubly so. The only thing that is worse is a mummy, and they've already released the mummy. I think he's actually in the starter box. Mummy filth. Wings of the Honey Maze and filth around the board. <laughs> practically unkillable. 
It's utterly, utterly appalling. I, for one, will not stand for this. Unless you're playing it. Uh, weirdly, I've never, I've never collected Sandy Undead. Really? No. I prefer my wet stuff. It has to be slightly damp, <laughs> moist. S- flesh has to be sloughing off the bones. Uh-huh. I'm all for that. Uh, but if you do fancy a touch of the, the wet undead, um, a couple of the older metal uh, figures have now been re- remolded uh, into resin. So these were originally three massive chunks of metal um, that you could kill a, kill a horse with. I mean, very, now, very cool metal, but <laughs> now, now they're actually, you know, resin, which means they're uh, much, much easier to transport and lighter to carry. And it pulls out all the detail from the sculpt as well. So and won't the, mess the up your weight good. limit if you're flying to a tournament. Mm. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> which is always handy. And they, they are 100%. I mean, I'm not saying they're an auto include because I've seen undead forces without them, but um, shambling flying whites. In a flank, turn around, search them in the back, search them in the flank, trebler, double your attacks, laugh your ass off, your opponent's army dis- disappears, uh, and then they stare at you funny, and then they won't play anymore. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Fair enough. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's not, although I think there's another, um, it was the Gigas, wasn't it, from Trident Realms? The, the crabs, giant crabs, also got the same thing, so they went yeah, from being the metal. Yeah, the Neretica Gigas, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. giggly. So the, the Gigas... <laughs> Um, are also now demetalled and resined up instead, mm-hmm. which makes production easier. And we've had a point where costs have gone to such an extent that it's now cheaper to cast in resin than it is in metal. <laughs> Raw materials have been bizarre this year. Uh, but yeah, interesting stuff. And just coming around in time for the start of the new year. Uh, I don't think it's been officially announced yet. Um, but one of the new types of play in the Kings of War 3.5 rulebook is ambush which is sub thousand point lists in january they're going to be releasing ambush packs which will oh. contain like a little chunk of sprues and will allow you to play these sort of five seven hundred point ambush lists uh, so if you don't play kings of war already or if you look at it and go 2000 2300 points is a huge a ask yeah. you, and you don't even have to buy an army set the army sets are substantially bigger than that in most cases but these little things will give you sort of a, a taster and um be able to then sort of chuck together a few forces so i think they're going to be starting with the stuff that's in the starter sets so the more recent plastics so the likes of your ogres undead will definitely be there halflings building so many halflings recently halflings will be there um storm storm forged no riff forged orcs um those those will be right (laughs) off the bat um but i presumably they will do more uh as as and when time permits so it's interesting to see the direction they're taking uh but yeah nice stuff from mantic for for kings of war and for for at least three of the armies i collect (laughs) <laughs> so that's always good. I always hate to see a release where I don't collect it. Empire dust. So, I mean, just get some dusty crusties on the tabletop. There, there are twenty nine armies. I think I'm doing well to not collect all twenty nine. <laughs> limiting or you're not myself, doing well enough. Limiting myself to twenty eight <laughs> is, I think, uh, in these in go. these in these times of cost of living crisis, <laughs> this is the sacrifice I've made. Only twenty eight hours is is just enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah just enough. <laughs> scraping by, scraping by. Ask me how many of those are painted. <laughs> no. Right, where to next, then, Ben? 
Uh, so next up, we're going to be going uh, back in history uh, to the ancient period and having a look at some stuff from Warlord Games. Um, so last weekend, they fired up pre-orders for the second edition rulebook for Hail Caesar, um, which has been talked about quite a bit on our site this this mm-hmm. uh, week. People diving into the comments about this one. Um, so you're able to get your hands on the second edition book as it sit as it as it stands there, sort of the basic version, mm-hmm. or you can get yourself a collector's edition, which is also signed by Mr. Priestley himself. Mm. Um, but essentially, this is a slight tweak and update and revamp of the rules for Hail Caesar, allowing you to play out games from the ancient period, so sort of your Romans, your Greeks, your Egyptians and the like, um, all the way through, um, strangely enough, despite the name, <laughs> to the Dark Ages and the Medieval period as well. So if you want to be playing out um, stuff with your knights and things, and you can still do that, or you want to play with Vikings and, and Saxons and things, then you can also use the Hail Caesar rules in order to do that as well. Um, it looks like the book has been given a very nice little sort of polish and upgrade, as you can see. It all looks graphically very, very nice. Um, I can't say that I've played Hail Caesar myself, but uh, I know that it's one of those systems that... Um, is reasonably well regarded, I think. Um, although there's yeah, yeah. obviously a few naysayers and stuff here and there, obviously. But <laughs> but you know, it's an it's, older rule set, I suppose. It's, 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 it's the world. Yeah. I mean, Hill Caesar has been about oh, since about the first time we did salute, and that's about it's been, 11, a, it's been a long 11, time, 11, 12 years yeah. ago. <laughs> I can tell you. Oops, I've, got a, I've, I've got my copy here. Side there we go. Yeah. But um, 2011. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Since 2011. Um, so it was due for a revamp and an mm. update and things. And I like that they've kind of extended the timeline just a little bit further now so that it involves a little bit more of that late medieval period as well as it being sort of, you know, ancients yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. But I think most people would agree that ancients, that kind of area of history is where the game really shines and, and shows off what you can do with it. And there's so many different choices for you to dive into with the game now anyway. Yeah. Um, There's a question. Cool. Between like the the major eras of history, are there any like dead zones, Jerry? You know, between going uh, dead, from dead like, zones semantic. No, no, no. I mean, dead areas of history where it's switching where people from one didn't to the other. Fight. No, well, just where there's like no specific like age of history for it, or is it a very like, no? It's, it's, it's thing? Uh, no, it's 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 very nebulous in mm. actual fact. Um, so you know, you you've got prehistory and then mm. you've got ancients and ancients. Mm. Ancients covers a span mm. of you know two thousand years, yeah. you know, essentially all so the way up until yeah, the Dark Ages. <laughs> you're not going to have a period where you're going to go. Oh, there's nobody fighting there, or nobody's creating yeah. stuff for it. Mm. The, the good thing about Hail Caesar is it has. You don't need to worry about arms and armament changing until you hit black powder. Um, so the the rule set is command and control focused if if you played warmaster essentially you've played hail caesar yeah pretty war, much war, hail caesar grew out of warmaster that they, they wrote for for gw so you've got commanders and they issue orders um the only issue i have with hail caesar is the movement that movement is just ridiculous and if but they wrote it originally for playing with you know the perries and stuff in their massive barns uh, and I still think the ranges are too big. So when you give somebody an order, they can you know cross an entire battlefield in one move if you're lucky enough. It's just massive. Mm. <laughs> Change those all to centimeters. Speedy, I'd be much happier. Speedy troops. Speedy yeah, troops. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, also yeah, a couple whenever of... Whenever you can have a 36-foot gaming table. 
Yeah. <laughs> if if you don't have that, then you kind of you know you're, you're running into uh, a little bit issues awkward. with it. Yeah. Well, it'll be yeah. interesting to see what else is in there as well. Mm, hopefully, we could get a little bit of a closer look at it at mm. some point. But um, I know one of the uh, big things, obviously, a lot of people will be coming to the second edition. Maybe you never played the first one and want to start playing the game. Well, there's a couple of new options for you to pick up. So there's the Caesar's Gallic Wars set, mm. uh, which contains uh, both your Roman forces and also your Gallic Horde at the same time. Um, so you get a, I guess you'd say, a smattering of Romans and then an absolute wealth of <laughs> of barbarians from the fringes of the empire. Uh, and in traditional sort of Romans versus barbarian style, it'll be your elite troops coming up against the unwashed masses, as it were. Uh, but that should be a fun little set for you to dive into and have fun with. The The pack actually comes with like the rules and everything as well. So oh. if, if you're interested in just having fun with this and and starting out from a, an, an interesting uh, point, then that's obviously a way to go. And obviously it ties in really nicely to the idea of Hail Caesar and the mm. ancients and that kind of era of history that the game very much favours, I would say. Um, you can also buy yourself just a simple Gallic Celts starter army as well. Um, I think that's mainly because there are a lot of Roman starter armies available already over on the Warlord Game Store. So if you've um, been picking up stuff like that, then this is a good option for you to go down when it comes to the uh, the Gallic and the Celt stuff. It's also, I mean, these plastic kits have been around for a while and I still I still think they're pretty darn good. I even have some of those Celts on foot. <laughs> Somewhere in Presumably a box. those, because those used to be metal. Mm-hmm. Um, Cav. Presumably they're going to be swapped over to the CO cast that they've been yeah, using so, for other bits and pieces. Yeah, so the, the boxes are either a mix of plastic kits and the, as they call it, Warlord resin, which yeah. is the CO cast stuff. So, C-O-Cast. so you, you shouldn't be playing around with too much metal when it comes to these. Obviously, there's you know people will have their their favourites when it comes to materials and things, but. Um, uh, a lot of the new stuff they've done in the the Warlord resin seems to come out quite nicely now they've ironed out some of the kinks and stuff. So it's a very yeah, nice stuff. Really, really nice plaid then. Mm-hmm. It Top is very good. Whoever, whoever <laughs> painted his mm-hmm. lovely yellow pants. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, psychiatrist who had to see them afterwards. <laughs> if you're interested in ancient wargaming, uh, <clears throat> then make sure to go and check out Hail Caesar Second Edition, which is available to pre-order right now from from Warlord Games. Yeah, yeah it's it's a, a really it's not just um. A solid rule set. It's a good entry point, which when you start looking online at uh, people doing battle reports and stuff, it keeps showing up over and over again uh, because it's it's very accessible. And I think that's always a, a handy thing when you're looking to get into gaming. Um, and miniature-wise, you can use whatever you want. So if you've already got Ancients kicking around and just fancy playing something out on a, a slightly different um, style of gameplay with the command and control or large battle, then you can do that as well. So, yeah, all for that. Definitely all for this as well, though. <laughs> I picked out so many nice things for Jerry to talk about this week. So. God bless you. <laughs> you know, we missed out last week. Just that's... trying to save your voice, mate. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, Goblin King Games have released some new things for Moonstone. Um, the biggest, most noticeable of all is Eric the Enlightened. Uh, so there was a Eric-based campaign, narrative campaign, over the sort of... Uh, end of the summer where all three factions were fighting for the soul of Eric, uh, who used to be a squire for the Commonwealth. And there was a chance that he would then join any of the factions. Uh, and so there were sort of teasers. There was, I think there was a Dominion Eric as a knight on a bug, but thankfully the La Chevalte 
which is how you pronounce it, one. And Eric the Enlightened is coming to the tabletop for the La Chevalte, uh, mounted on his giant elk, uh, which I absolutely adore. Uh, alongside him is also Noll, the troll, who's a, a sort of a <laughs> troll, troll mystic or wizard, yep. which gives me very um, Dark Crystal vibes, mm-hmm. uh, especially with all the scarification. And then there's a set of Nordic gnomes coming as well. The uh, rune fated. Yes. <clears throat> um, so fascinating set of sculpts as always and uh interesting that they they're sort of opening up a bit more um eric is both a knight and a cultist and has very sort of green man vibes going on i um, love the shield the shield's sh- amazing shield's great yeah. i'm so he, he, he probably carved that off an elemental oh uh, no that would be terrible took it took <laughs> its face off and made a shield out of it you're saying he's just gone up and yeah, the, 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 the face Malky, of <laughs> and Ent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a fiend. You're an absolute fiend. But yeah, the, don't look at me. He's the one that done it. The uh, the, the knight, the cult, cultist yeah. knight, uh, is good um, because there's there's not a huge amount of mounted uh, figures in Moonstone. People generally tend to be uh, moping around on foot, which is terrible, really. I mean, it's, it's a peasant's life. Um, but throwing in a new mounted character uh, is always changes up the the meta bit and obviously adding eric in and giving him a new set of uh attributes and abilities beyond his old uh support role as a squire is good as well so he's now a cultist which means he synergies very well with um or oh, the little fawn cultists kavana and the like as well so people who can generate energy for him to go and start lancing people is always good uh but yeah I really, really like him as a miniature. I absolutely adore Noll. Spoilers, I may have already ordered all of these the minute they went on pre-order. <laughs> That's not really a spoiler at all. I did I did see the email from Tom and I was like, I bet Jerry's already ordered all of these before the even before the preview arrived. <laughs> Tom sent a message going, Would you like like uh to preview these? And I went, Tom, I've already ordered them all. You put them live on your website but, yesterday. And I'm sure so, Jerry, you were sitting there going, But if you want to send mine early, sure. So uh I think they'll get shipped when they get shipped because, of, like mm. I say, I've already ordered, so it's just somewhere in there. But Noll, as um as a troll, has a couple of interesting abilities. So regenerates um, two health every sort of replenishment phase, which is good, and can also uh, pass that on to other trolls for the duration of the game. Which means some of the other trolls that are out there that are you know either less health heavy or um, very static because most of the troll abilities cost two energy to get off. Uh, Null here can provide an additional energy to one of them uh, as their ability. So their support character for trolls, which means running whole troll warbands, is kind of viable. Uh, a bit insane, but viable. I mean, uh, I, I, I just get the image of him zapping them with lightning, going "get it done." That that type of thing, yeah, that allows allows people to shuffle into place and then cannon you from the side. Uh, but what was the, quite not- I was going to say, what was quite nice reading his card and stuff is that he's like a recluse. Yeah. So he doesn't actually like hanging out with people. So he gets benefits if he finishes if his not, turn away from other characters, which I thought was yeah. great. <laughs> people need to be more than three inches away from him to, to really shine. But I love the, uh, the the sort of the hermity vine clad as if he has been just sitting under a bridge and the moss has literally grown over him. Uh, and then it's like, get up do the do and then go back to sitting under the bridge again this 
tree limb looks suspiciously like an arm, which is how I'll be painting it. Mm -hmm. Somebody's just died. It's been just rotting away on top of his head for a while. But, <laughs> you know, you got to think about the happy things. And then there's the, uh, the Norse gnomes. So there has been one Norse gnome already, uh, which shockingly I don't own. Uh, which surprises me because uh, she's a little Nordic gnome princess with a squirrel on her shoulder. What am I doing with my life? Um, but these add three more and are, are sort of, it changes how gnomes play because you've now got a new keyword and Moonstone is a game that's all about synergies. Um, so having more gnomes on the tabletop is interesting, but also that Nordic keyword now ties them into things like Brunhilde, the uh, giant, uh, the previous Norse princess as well, um, and means you can sort of play around with how you play the gnomes on the tabletop. You're not restricted to sort of bringing Mother uh, Mother Grimble, Mother Gamble. Not you're not re just bringing her uh, to get the buffs. Um, so instead, you've got these three unusual Viking-esque gnomes kicking around and. Uh, and they're a bit more punchy. Uh, this young kid on the tabletop is uh, is like the sport character. Um, he gives people a boosted jog action, um, six inches, so instead of the usual four, which means they can be very accurate in where they're moving to on the tabletop. Um, you can set up interesting sort of combos, one-two punches early on. Uh, when people aren't expecting it, it's because you've got a lot more speed than your opponent will have coming towards you uh, for less energy requirement. Uh, so, yeah. I, I just imagine the, the bottles in his little cart are all painted up as Red Bull and he's just lamping people with them. Could be. Could be doing that. There is a whole host of elixirs that you can hand out that either will replenish wounds or give extra energy. Uh, he also has a great ability um, where he can stack the arcane deck as well. Uh, in a certain way or to a certain extent. So you, you look at the top three cards, stack them into any order, uh, put whatever ones you don't want onto the bottom. So you can put all three straight to the bottom or you could stack all three on top if you know you're going to be drawing the three yourself. Uh, it really leans into that whole bluff mechanic that Moonstone sort of runs on. If you know what's coming and your opponent doesn't, or if you know that you're about to be casting something and you need greens or pinks or whatever, and he knows that you've just stacked the deck, it means that bluff is so much easier to pull off. Because if you had the opportunity to put a blue in your hand and you needed a blue, chances are you've got a blue. And if you don't, then they'll feel really bad for it. Um, so yeah, yeah, interesting character. And again, all three of the sculpts for the Nordic Dwarves are, are really, really nice. Uh, I just... I. I just love everything about Moonstone. I love the fact that you can just go nuts with them. You're not tied to points values or specific. What you like. Yeah, it is that that whole thing. And then if you want to start looking into the synergies and the the overly complicated mechanics of working out the best combos and all the rest for sort of top tier play, you can do that. Or if you just want to go, I really want to run six trolls. <laughs> I don't think you can Go currently. <laughs> On it's four, a beautiful certainly. dream, Jerry. It's a beautiful dream. Anyway, yeah, well, you know, it's it's one of those. But yeah, it's absolutely stonking stuff. Wasn't expecting to see those. Obviously, we were expecting to see Eric um, post the, the Enlightened campaign, um, but really nice to see the Nordic gnomes coming, which means I'll have to find my gnomes. Mm, I'm not sure where. But... Hiding at the bottom of the garden. 
Uh, I know there's one behind me that I broke the sword off. So oh, no. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not going to be an easy fix. But anyway, yeah, great stuff from Goblin King. Mm-hmm. Where to, Ben? Uh, so next up, we're going to be looking at some new terrain kits that are coming up from the folks at Brutal Cities. Uh, so Brutal Cities, we've, we've looked at in the past, they do amazing sort of sci-fi near future kits mm-hmm. that are pretty good for kind of getting across that look and feel of, um, I guess you'd say like concrete jungles and yeah. sort of Br- very Br- sort of industrial chic, I suppose would be the Brutalist word. architecture. Brutalist is, the is the way name. to go, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. That's the word I was searching for but sort of <laughs> orbited around before coming in, getting involved with it there. But yes, um, so they're actually working on this new set of, as you can see here, translucent plastic terrain. Um, so the idea is that Ooh. they were just messing around, really, <laughs> coming up with some interesting ideas, and they found this plastic terrain that also gave a really nice sort of luminescence when you put lights through it and stuff and, get, and was also really robust and easy to use. And so that's now being used, as you can see here, for them to build a selection of different terrain elements so that they can be sort of combined with what they already have as part of the Brutal City range Mm -hmm. to give you very evocative and very different looking terrain for use on the tabletop. So one of the first of these is the Fade Light Objective Room, which is the one you see here. Um, Obviously, with the name Objective Room, very good for the likes of Infinity. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea is that it works really well with all of the existing sort of wooden stuff that they've been working on. But then you have the plastic panels that will then slot in as you go around, and then you can put lights through it and all sorts of different things in order to create really interesting and uh, evocative-looking scenes on the table. Like if you scroll up to the the first picture in this uh, in this one, I love that you get the it's silhouette then of the yeah. sniper coming through the window, and I think that kind of, you know a lot of people obviously play their games on big tabletops in very brightly lit rooms because it's nice to see where you're rolling your dice. Um, but I think there's something to be said for kind of like turning the lights down and getting a little bit atmospheric and using something like this in well, order to get across a different reports. theme. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, if, if you yeah. want to make something a little bit more sexy in your battle report pictures, Very much turn so. the lights down yeah. every time you're taking photos. And then blow some smoke across the battlefield. <laughs> uh, and that always that. works. Vapes will always work out for that. Um, but even if you're not going to be using this for the lighting side of things, I think just having the plastic built into the kits yeah. kind of provide you with an, an interesting change in material and tone to the buildings and stuff. Another layer of texture, really, yes. isn't it? Yeah. More texture, something a little bit different, um, and something that's you know also hard-wearing and scratch-resistant and all that mm. kind of stuff, so it can stand up to what you do with it on the tabletop anyway. Mm. So this is there's like a, a module that can now fit into the Brutopolis Tower, mm-hmm. which is that kind of um, windowed area around the middle there. It just screams to me someone getting kicked out of it, sort of Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza style or something. Defenestrated. Um, Defenestrated, yeah. <laughs> and so having something like that, I think, is really cool. And and again, sort of as you say, John, sort of it just adds to the different textures that you get in your games. One of the one of the nicest kits, I think, actually, is the third one. Mm. Uh, and there are going to be a few more coming out a lot, uh, later on down the line. But this is the greenhouses and tents one. So these could be your sort of hydroponic labs and stuff that you'd have uh, in near future games. Maybe it's kind of like a drug lab or something that you need to assault or in a sci-fi game. Maybe this has been set up, something that's been set up by colonists on an alien planet um, to kind of keep all of their greenery going and stuff like that. Um, but I, I just love the look of these. And if you put some eerie lights inside it, you can have some interesting glows coming off some of the sort of, um, of the different plants from within. A lot of tomato stuff. growing going on. 
<laughs> a lot of tomato growing. Yes, I also think it'd be really nice to go like down the down the horror route with this terrain. Yeah, and put like little blood splats on it and stuff. So like maybe it's been a zombie apocalypse, but, and the people who are inside the yes. a little handprint on the inside oh, of hand, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, a little little just wipe as someone has just went exactly down it as they die. It's yeah. a cracking range. It, it works perfectly for moderns, for sci-fi, for post-apocalyptic. Even Very much like, so. Yeah. Even things like Judge Dread. I mean, yeah. that for a mega city tower is oh, just yeah. ideal. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, you, you can build something like a totally legitimate corporate research center. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yes. Amazing Doing for the greater good. Mm. Yes. Great. Definitely, definitely going down the um, sort of Ghost in the Shell Infinity kind mm. of Yes. Sort of yes. weary, high sci-fi kind of look. Mm-hmm. I also get cyberpunk vibes off it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you put some like colored LED around it, it would really make it pop into that sort of universe. Mm-hmm. You could maybe even do something with the fact that some of the areas are squared off. So you mm-hmm. could do something with different LEDs and lights and stuff. I also like the idea of just making them really dirty because, you know, there's plenty of sci-fi movies and TV shows out there where, you know, the world... That was beautiful and and lovely is now horrible and grimy. So as well as blood, you could have like dirty grimes, dirty grimes sort of coming down the sides of the the windows and things like that. Um, just to kind of give it that sort of lived in feel. So. Yeah, you could also do them in like a, a desert feel and go nuts with your pigment powders. Oh yeah, you could do that as well. Do like yeah. sand drifts and stuff up on the inside, so you have like the shadow of the drift of sand in the corner of a room mm-hmm. coming through that sort of semi transparentness. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Just base do whatever you want for your tables, I guess. But yeah, it's very nice. Are they are they out already or are they coming? Uh, they're gonna be available, I think, from next week. So okay. uh so after you're watching this, the preceding week you should be able to go and pick these up uh from the folks over at Brutal Cities. And uh hopefully there'll be more for this range yeah. in the future as well. It's worth checking their their stuff out anyway, because it is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Really good stuff. Right. Uh, Bill Hooking. Yes. Um, so we, we made a mention of Nevermind the Bill Hooks, um, which was Andy Callan's game uh, that kind of was like an amorphous product that kind of existed but didn't exist because you couldn't really get your hands on it and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was available with a copy <laughs> with of the games, games Illustrated. Yeah. Uh, but now the Nevermind the Bill Hooks, hopefully you've got the reference by now. <laughs> Nevermind the Bill yeah, Hooks. Well, it's, it's after um, the famous album by Zig and Zag, yes. Nevermind yeah. the Soccer Bombs. <laughs> Uh, the rule set for that, well, the deluxe rule set is now available for you to pre-order and pretty much buy nowadays, mm. uh, right now, uh, from over on the Wargames Illustrated web store. Um, as I say, this comes from Andy Callan, who has done amazing stuff in the past. If you've been looking at any of the stuff like the the little paper terrain, paper armies. From Peter's Paper Boys, yeah. Peter's Paper Boys and that kind of stuff. And wow Fun as well, he's written. Yep. Andy Callan has worked with all of these and he's a really good um, designer when it comes to making quick and fun and easy war games for you to dive into. And a little bit like what we talked about with Hail Caesar, making historical war games a little bit more accessible and not feel so dense and that Mm. kind of stuff. Mm. Um, Not that I think a lot more companies are moving in that direction now anyway to try and kind of get rid of that stigma that I think the games have. But uh, anyway, uh, this one, never mind the bill hooks, uh, is kind of designed so that it can be played very quickly a game should take about 90 minutes to play you probably use about 100 miniatures per side and you play on big six by four tabletops um, you know so you know there's a fair amount of troops on the tabletop but games should be quick and snappy and fun to play mm. at the same time it will cover a variety of different um battles and wars and theaters of war as well mm-hmm. uh, so they're going to be covering the wars of the roses the hundred years war the hussite wars the Swiss-Burgundian War, nice. the Italian Wars, the Anglo-Scottish Border Reavers, 
because that's the bit that I'm really excited about. Uh, the late medieval Portugal period <laughs> and also warfare in Ireland. So if you want to go down that route and get scrapping over on the Emerald Isle, you can do that. Hey, well. we're in there. Go on the Calaclass. But the, the book itself, as well as having an in-depth look at each of those different periods and explaining them from a historical perspective and kind of how things change albeit slightly between the different units that were fighting during that period and the organizations essentially yeah Uh, there's also a bunch of stuff in there for actually just modeling and getting stuck into gaming so we saw the page there Mm -hmm. which was showing off how to build a unit of troops Um, you know for a lot of people who are maybe coming to a game and being like ah I've dived into this historical game I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) there's a lot of different uniforms and weapons that I need to think about well this is a good kind of way for you to kind of take that next step and i like that it's done with a little bit of a kind of tongue-in-cheek thing so it's yeah. like and now put his head on does he look to the left or does he look to the right <laughs> i mean ben it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's reasonably easy because you know it's <clears throat> is it a peasant with a pitchfork or is it a peasant with a slightly better pitchfork well yes exactly <laughs> which one got to pay for a better pitchfork uh sooner than the other yeah <laughs> uh and, and sort of following on from the rule book as well uh they've also worked with sarissa so Sarissa has designed a couple of different sets of tokens. Mm. Now, these are tokens that will fit for the War of the Roses and also the European sort of Europa stuff. Mm. So that's kind of like the Hundred Years' War and that kind of thing as well. So they've kind of focused in on those two particular theatres. I'm sure they will do some more stuff in the future, I would imagine. Yeah. A, lot of the, a lot of the key tokens that you see there are kind of interchangeable between the, 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 the different periods anyway. Yeah. Or, um, as long as you can identify you and your opponent's yes, set of tokens exactly it, you know, yeah it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. yeah. um but yeah i think if you're looking to dive into a little bit of historical wargaming and you're maybe not so enthused by the, the likes of ancient wargaming perhaps and you want to play out something from that sort of later medieval period then i definitely uh, think giving never mind the bill hooks look is a good is a good shout especially because it comes from from callan who has done uh, phenomenal work in the past to make uh, the historical gaming scene very accessible to everyone so definitely go and give it a look see what you think yeah uh interesting thing for me when you look at never mind the bill hooks is uh, we're talking about hail caesar being very command and control based there's command and control in this as well but then andy always looks for the how do they operate historically um so there's a, a certain amount of charges units will make uh which sort of capture so you know if you're a one and done type of shock unit you're only going to charge once in a game you need to make sure it counts you need to make sure you're in the right position to do it some units might be able to charge a couple of times um so they can charge and then follow up and charge again and and pursue that way so it it takes the the style of warfare and makes you think about how you're playing you just can't go i'm just going to move this unit and charge uh, and then I'm going to move this unit and charge again and again. And turn three, I'm going to charge somebody else. And turn wouldn't have happened. They would have been exhausted long before then. Um, so they would have been resting on their bill hooks, not yeah, fighting with them. Yeah. So <laughs> you need yeah. to. There's a. It's a simple game to get into, but the the tactics you really need to think about how you're going to deploy, how you're going to use them. Um, so again, it's it's another one of these ones that's easily accessible. But I think if you're looking to to get into historic gaming of this period or this style of play it's a really good one because it will stop you from thinking that i mean i love i love kings of war great fantasy game doesn't work for historics no 
Um, can I play a fun historic game tabletop? Yes. Is it realistic? Not by a long shot, because at no point should you be barreling through people over and over and over and over and over again uh, with one big smashy Death Star unit. Um, so changing up the, the types of games you play um, can get you sort of thinking how you should be using your trips effectively on the tabletop. And I think Bill Hooks does that really well. So yeah, definitely. That's yeah. just my two cents. Take it or leave it. You have to take it. That's where we go. Right. Last bit of news then. Yes. Last bit of news. Dusty. <laughs> very dusty. Yeah. So we're diving into something very gritty, very modern warfare inspired. Um, so if you've been maybe playing that new Call of Duty game, this could be something that's up your alley. Uh, so this is Black Powder Red Earth, which we have talked about on the site before. Uh, I know you did a little sort of designer interview with the folks behind yes. it, Jerry. Yeah. Um, but this is them looking at their sort of next sort of expansion pack mm -hmm. and also just range uh, refresh that's coming out uh, next uh, week. So this is for the phase line expansion book. Um, so if you've looked at stuff for Black Powder Red Earth before, it's a game set in kind of like a fictional failed state, as it were, yeah. um, where you'll be playing as sort of modern soldiers from a variety of different factions that are looking to secure different elements of the of, of the state for themselves and all that kind of stuff and fighting over resources and objectives and that kind of thing. Um, it kind of does a very good job of melding together a lot of very realistic modern weaponry and yeah. and tactics and soldiers while also going that little bit sort of what if as well which i think is quite nice drones uh, and stuff kicking around drones, lots being, of drones be, being used by people <laughs> on the ground yeah you know, unusual styling yeah and yeah. uh and, and the sort of the classic game of, of black powder red earth it's a long title it's played out on quite small boards essentially and yeah. in sort of very tight-knit um scenarios where everything is all about sort of breaching and clearing and blasting people and fighting over just inches of terrain and yeah. and that kind of thing and fighting from room to room and that kind of thing. Phase line takes things another step and it kind of uh, sort of builds itself upon sort of military tactics and that kind of thing, where it's all about fighting to get to a certain element of terrain on the tabletop and then pushing forward into the, into the next piece of terrain and that kind of thing. And so it kind of gives things a little bit more of an edge uh, there's a little bit more risk involved and you'd be running through streets trying to burst your way into buildings and take them out before moving into the next one and that kind of thing. They've kind of upped the number of models that you'll have per side as well. Mm -hmm. And obviously, well, doesn't necessarily mean the amount of models per side, but the eliteness, I guess, of those models can also be upgraded and that kind of thing and coming into the game with new weapons and tech and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, the, additional, the additional stuff that you'll find in the rules kind of goes into fighting in multi-story structures. So if you wanted to fight in something, say like that massive um, tower block that we just saw, yeah, from, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, play, play the raid. Exactly. Yeah. There's also uh, close quarters battle weapons included in this one, included, as well as grenadiers and heavy machine guns. So as you can see, they have totally, you know, clicked the dials up a notch. Mm and got them to 11 and they're just about to snap them off i guess uh before diving into uh what you do with this one and i, I gotta say the models they do oh, phew, they're nice <laughs> models are models are really yeah. really nice i've got yep. i've got the um starter set mm -hmm. and the first phase of black powder red earth or bpre um it you can actually get floor plans but they are so instead of getting like 2d buildings you're literally just getting a, a floor plan with like 
black line, here's your walls, here's your doors. And it was all about room clearance and worked on the um, the tactics that were taught uh, by the certainly the US uh, and uh, presumably private contractors and stuff as well. Um, so the idea behind the game was to have a, a, a realistic gameplay for the, the boots on the ground. Then you've got, the, obviously, you've got the, the supplementary things like the drones and, and the other bits and bobs coming in on top of that. Um, but I've seen people doing, you know, whenever you see videos online of like training and they're tra it's all like plywood rooms and stuff that they're running yep. between. I've seen one guy on the, the Facebook group had actually used the, the 2D floor plans and had built that. So it was all done like a training center, all in, in just bare wood that they were running through. Game, to, very to cool duty. Players. I mean, that's in the first yeah. Modern Warfare, so. <laughs> um, so it's it's, yeah. it's a fascinating uh, fascinating system. Um, I like the fact that they're expanding it and then taking Ooh. it into, you, well. You, you mentioned the fact that, dimensions. you mentioned the fact that they have a starter set available, which you can mm -hmm. still go and get and stuff. They're actually going to do like an updated phase line one as well, which will come with right. that expanded rule book. Uh, there's new close combat area terrain tiles in that as well. Um, 43 operations cards, 28 terrain enhancement components. Mm. Fancy, come in resin. <laughs> and also 24 new miniatures as well. So if you're interested in like, if you look at this and you're like, oh my God, I need to have a, look, a little bit of a closer look at this. Yeah, It's definitely worth going over to the web store and, and, and delving in and, and seeing what you think about it because there are some good entry points into it. Yeah. Um, and uh, some yeah. games in in the new year. Mm, yeah, that uh, would be nice. Camera. Yeah. Uh, it, I think, and if nothing else, it'll force me to paint them. I think <laughs> Shay will wrench it out of your hands. Yeah, well, I was talking to Shay about it whenever I first got it, and um, and it, it was something that we were looking at. But the uh, the Sherta and the Hongbing faction um, weren't out at that stage. I just got the initial, so they're I've definitely got, more Shay speed. Yeah, so I've got I've got the Sherta now. So essentially, you're you're playing yeah, off field, yeah, field <laughs> field Middle Eastern state, um, and and like everything in life, it's always proxy wars. Um, but in this case, you've got one faction is being sort of supported by China and the other by uh, the US, um, as they're they're sort of aiming to get their hands on the. I, uh, I am taking the Hong Bin control of the uh, resources of a Barry. I really like the stuff that Spectre has been doing in mm. terms of modern warfare and stuff, but I think the models here, I mean, going that little bit sort of step away towards the fictional, I guess you'd yeah. say, they kind of just go, I'm just like, oh, oh my God, those are good. <laughs> yeah. Try and so. dig the stuff out. Uh, definitely try and get Let's Play done in the new year for us. Uh, I might say about doing like a review or, or an unboxing of the various bits and pieces. It, it uses, I don't think they... I think it's cast as well. Can I reach the box from here? No, I can't. I can't reach. It's too far away. I'd fall off my chair. Um, I'm fairly certain it's cast. It, at, at the very least, they're they're described as resin, but they're uh, slightly softer. Um, but the casting quality is very good on them. And uh, yeah, uh, fascinating, fascinating little game. I like the mechanics in it as well. It could also be noted that um, Black Powder Red Earth is somewhat of a uh, kind of multimedia experience. Yeah. So if you like the look of this, but you're like, maybe I should read more about it. Well, there are graphic novels and comics for you to read. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. also a video game and yeah. all sorts of different things. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a mobile. From Jerry Lassier. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a mobile game where you're, it's about the stealth. 
So um, yes, at some point you will breach and, and start making noise and that sort of thing, but it's about getting into the position to yeah. do your mission and exfiltrate without, you know, setting all the bells and whistles off. Mm, um, getting killed up. But yeah, the, the, the yeah, interesting, interesting game, interesting sort of backstory. And, and when I was talking to the designers, and it may be in the interview, I can't remember, but I've had a chat with them anyway over, over um, the phone. They were saying that they don't want to go one thing as sort of standalone. Everything influences everything else to a certain extent. Uh, so the, the the graphic novel influences what's on for the miniatures, but then at the same time, if they want to do something with a miniatures game, then that might feed back into the, the, uh, the comic side as well. So, uh, yeah interesting stuff from echelon um definitely worth checking out if you like moderns or i know obviously there are people who go uh, moderns are too modern i don't want to do something that's realistic because there's still you know this is all fictional, going on so. <laughs> this is 100 fictional yeah, uh, so that's, it, that's how call of duty gets away with it yeah it, exactly it takes, yeah. It takes that step away from the actual um yeah. realistic modernity of it all uh, but yeah <laughs> there we have it that's enough news for today i think Ooh. Shall we take a break and come back and take a look at some 3D printing? We yeah. shall. Okay, so we're back and ready to wrap things up. But before we do, we've got a couple of things to look at, starting with 3D printing. Mm -hmm. So who's picked this? Uh, so I picked this one out. Um, so I was me and you always pick these out, and neither <laughs> of us three D prints. Uh, yeah, that's true. Next time, Justin and John need to pick these. That's that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Just throw that one out there, um, and I'll I, say I, we've done that, or we haven't done that one. <laughs> well, I, I I will say I I did have a look at this one before we started uh, filming, and I have what may be a slightly unpopular opinion, but I'll let you show it off first. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, so this is Station Forge, who have been working away on a bunch of miniatures that I would say are pretty kind of Warhammer adjacent, I suppose would be the way to go with these. Can uh, can 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 I butt in straight away? Go. I, I'm already well aware of Station Forge. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> you can say this was my pick. <laughs> well, in that by case then, John. By proxy. John, tell us what you like about Station Forge, and I'll jump in later. Go for no, it. <laughs> no, yeah, you go ahead. It's all yours. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Right. Um, so, yeah, so they have been working away on a bunch of uh, bits and pieces that could be, as I say, used to kind of uh, retrofit your existing grimdark armies with lots of interesting bits and pieces. Um, a lot of their recent stuff, as you can see here, um, kind of focused on orcs, which would make sense considering we just had October not too long ago. In fact, just over a month ago now mm. at this point. <laughs> uh, and they do some really nice bits and pieces in terms of miniatures for this. Lots of character built into them. Lots of interesting design choices and that kind of stuff as well. Good old um, boy, Gretchen. I love how you've got it's like a It's like a proper like trucker style. Uh, yep. It's Gretchen. a little bit ye, maybe a little nice. bit ha. Yes. <laughs> so it's quite nice. Um, but yeah, their, their sort of range as a whole kind of covers a whole range of different factions. Uh, so if we just have a look at their their store, you'll see the kind mm -hmm. of stuff that they've got on offer because there are characters and creatures and units and monsters and flyers that pretty much cover the gamut for, I'd say, a vast majority of the uh, the existing 40K armies that you could play around with. Um, you know, who wouldn't want 
the scavenger defender Mark II uh, kicking ass and taking names on the on the uh, the tabletop. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, slightly more cartoony, I guess you'd say, in terms of some of its proportions compared to a lot of other stuff, I suppose. But generally, still nice and has lots of different weapon options. You know, if you're printing out one of these, you know, you you can make it look very unique compared to not very unique. You can't be very unique. You, it'll look unique compared to the one that your mate. Uh, uh, prints out on the tabletop because yeah, this is a, a so. knight mm-hmm. yeah. looks like one of them knights folk yeah so yeah <laughs> heads, on good heads and bits and pieces yeah but I don't I don't know if it's cart- well obviously that head looks particularly cartoony but mm. I think it it's looks- just the way that some of the elements are a bit more rounded than normal yeah. I think kind of gives it a little bit more of a cartoony vibe but yeah more hard sci-fi mm. you could I mean um, every kit is an orc kit Obviously, um, so you could always use one of these to make something orky on a tabletop, which would be quite nice. Uh, but yeah, so um, it's worth having a look at some of the other characters and things yep. they have on offer. So um, if you go back, uh, opening up that uh, scavenger, the fallen character is pretty cool. I really mm-hmm. like him. The one below, the one below, the one below. yeah. Oh, and uh, horse yeah. black, yes, and uh, the um. <clears throat> The, the Dragon Bomber, I thought was quite nice as well. <laughs> um, so there's a whole bunch of different bits and pieces in there for characters that you could use in your games and, and stuff. So uh, right. I, I'm interested while we're perusing through some images. Mm. What is it you wanted to say, Justin, about the, the <laughs> well, stuff? Honestly, we're, we're just coming up on the part where, okay, I am actually starting to get really tired of people <clears> doing <throat> direct riffs on their design from like 40K. So if you look at... Uh, with essentially their deathcore equivalent in the store here. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, the miniatures are fine, the miniatures are nice, but I am tired of people doing this. I mean, this guy, I've seen some of the more original stuff he has done on here, and it looks absolutely fantastic. I'm just I'm getting really tired of people just going, okay, I want to do a variation on the Lehman Russ. And so I'm gonna start with the base Lehman Russ and start tweaking it about until it's not quite workshop design anymore. You know, take the footprint, take a vehicle from history and then do it up. We've seen some like that in the past and they look absolutely fabulous. But whenever it's just like, oh, it's a lemon rust, but I can't believe it's not a lemon rust. It's, it's getting a little bit tiring. I can see that being the case if things look incredibly similar. But mm. I also think there's something to be said for having options. <laughs> there's only so many things you can make out of, a you know, one kit of Deathcore of Creek from games workshop and having more options to make an army that looks different enough but similar i think can be quite handy especially since there are plenty of other games that you could be playing rather than 40k and you know if there's the option to play as something like the death core but not death core in something like one page rules where you're not going to get lambasted for having 3d printable figures in your army or something yep. i think going down that route and playing around with that it can always be a good one xenos rampant is it xenos rampant i don't know but it, it's whenever it feels so close to what workshop design so that <clears> it's <throat> just different enough that you know you're not going to get a, a legal letter just crammed down your throat that i'm getting tired of you know i mean this here looks absolutely fantastic if you look at the uh orc run roller that looks amazing and it's we it's a very original <laughs> looking design to me right you know compare that to the grim guard and it's just like eh eh just don't do it for me. This is awesome. So you say very, you know, but all I see is a squig off. I see a squig off, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I see, yes, it could be a squig off, but it's a very different design to what the original squig off was. 
Well, I mean, the original Squigoth is very old at this point now, so... Yeah, but it, it's big, it's fat, it, it's chunky. This looks like it's been designed from the ground up to be, yes, like a Squigoth, but it's definitely not based from a Squigoth. It has a nice ankylosaur tail. I like yeah. that. I <laughs> kind of... If you I jump kinda, the guard, you'll see what I mean? I kind of okay, see where you're coming from with the um, with design element or you know taking something from the base design of something. Yeah. The problem is... Why in the hell, when this is available, mm-hmm. would I ever pay Forge World for the stuff that they put out? Because most of the time, their resin is either warped, has That's a fair. lot of flash on it. It's a very old mold, which they haven't replaced because they've either not been allowed to, or they're running it as hard as they possibly can to get as much out of it before they do a new one. This is fair. Why, why in the hell would I ever want to pay premium price for something that is not a premium product? There's no two ways about it. Forge World, with their older kits, are not premium products. This, on the other hand, does take the aesthetic, the base aesthetic. It mm-hmm. does change it a bit because the horses are more normal horses. The mm-hmm. gas masks have been envisioned on these models in such a way that they actually look a bit more functional than mm-hmm. the um, the standard Deathcore ones. Um, it's it's going to be six of one because unless you're playing a hard unless you're a hardcore GW, I'm going to all their official tournaments. It doesn't yeah. matter a damn what model you have on the table. Mm-hmm. So why not pick the best ones that are the most convenient for you, most cost effective for you, and the ones that are going to require the least amount of work to actually do. This is fair, but what I would like to see from designers like this is to go even further with it. So instead of changing the design just enough so that, yes, it is that, but I can't believe it's not that, go even further, make it a touch more original, you know, a touch more base design and not from design. I think it would be just as good, just as recognizable, and really have more of a, a stamp of the designer on there. I'm, I'm, partly, I'm partly there with you, but at the same time, if you're someone that is, for example, switching from playing mainline games workshop games to playing one page rules but you still mm. want that 40k aesthetic yeah well there there it is that plasma gun looks like a plasma gun to you if you're used to seeing a plasma gun in that that form mm. you're going to know immediately that's a plasma gun you're going to know immediately that's a company standard or you're going to know that they're wearing carapace armor or this that and the other you yeah. you there has to be enough for someone going from playing 40k to playing one page rules we're going to use that as the best example to say, I still recognize what this is. All my friends who are 40k players will also recognize what this is. Mm. Um, I suppose what I'm saying is these are maybe just a, or a, a, there's a chunk of the stuff in this where it's just it's a little too close to source material. Not with Station Forge. There are Station Forge do well for my step more more individual sculpting. I'll I'll stand on that hill. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I did say it would be a slightly unpopular opinion or controversial opinion. But I mean, so the Grimguard, yes, they're, they're great, they're grand, they're wonderful. I would just like to have seen it go a bit further. That, that's, that's where I'm at with this. So maybe based on something in history? Like First World War Germans? In trench no, armor? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, um, just if the designs were maybe a little bit more... Away what, what you're wanting is for them to have made their own unique regiment, is what you're saying. Essentially. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. And I, what, they, okay. they could do that, but if they did that, that would make it a harder sell to folks. So, right. 
how would you make a non deathcore deathcore? <laughs> because the, the, I would st- all right. I would start from going World War One trench guy and forget deathcore. Well, and then just, how would I turn it into sci-fi? You've just made them open the scavenger exitars. They look really great, by the way. Just <laughs> okay. open those. We'll They're just, amazing we'll walkers. Things while they <laughs> Sorry, we're taking. We're, we're no, no, no. Yeah, no, go for it. Me. It means I can rest. So. <laughs> It'll save people typing in the comments. Well, mm-hmm. these illustrate what I mean perfectly. These are some really cool, amazing robots. And... Work for Deathcore, though. <laughs> but again, these look like they've been designed from the ground up. And I mean, what would be the equivalent in 40k for these? Maybe your uh, Adaptus Mechanicus ones with the bubble heads? Palmetto, basically, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But again, it's something that can be used for that, but it doesn't look like a riff on the original. Afrons, yeah. That's yeah. that's then the whatever these yeah. are called. Yeah, but you see what I mean? The design is yes, you can still recognize it as what it would be if you were using it for that, but it's not so similar that it's so, just like bleh. So what what makes the what makes the other stuff too close? Again, I see lots of like key design elements. Yes, that's a key of the original concept. I mean, okay, these guys, were, they're not wearing like the Stalhelms. So little guy with the field cap on there, the guys with the hoods, those look way cooler to me. So it's taking certain elements and changing them out a bit. So now they're just, so now in this image, then Justin, according to you, they're just copying Stalker. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's the Stalker aesthetic now that we're looking at. Yeah. I think think that's French (laughs) based on the turnbacks on his great coat. Hey, don't put words in my mouth. But the, yeah, the guy wearing the field... Uh, it's not a field cap, that's a cappy. Yeah, they are oh, there. So, so they're based on World War One French, so you can have your, your Frenchies. In hey, fact, that, that explains that the, the helmet's less style, more Adrian. Mm. But again, whenever you're seeing them with the great coats, the gas masks, the hoods, or the cappy, to me, that, that looks like a far more interesting miniature. And yes, if you were playing them as Deathcore, you would still recognize them as Deathcore. So, I mean, that that's where I, I'm at with it. I will just like say, some of these miniatures, but not all. There we go. <laughs> I will say I'm partly with you, but not particularly with Station Forge. There, um, there are, there are people out there who I would call yeah. genuine offenders. Well, look, look at that fighter aircraft. Well, it's a thunderbolt. Yeah, with a more stumpy tail. I like that. <laughs> so, do you, do you, <laughs> so do you agree with this model or disagree with this model? It looks a bit too squished to me, so I would disagree with this model. So you don't like the model just Not, because of the style <laughs> rather than what it's taken? It's it's no, no, from. it's it's both as well. Although there is one thing they've done which I do quite like is they've done the two versions of the canopy the the one where you can see through and the one where you yes, can't. Yes, the one if you have if you know what um, clear acetate is. Yeah, and if yes, you don't know yes, what clear acetate yes, is, <laughs> yes, 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 but uh, I, they look I, like. I, sorry, go. On. I just think some people are very egregious with it. Hmm. Uh, the kits are like they're decently easy to print off and all that kind of stuff as well. They seem to be nicely modular and uh, broken up into decent enough parts, so it yep. shouldn't be too hard on your three D printing base, I suppose. Uh, have you printed <laughs> I, any of these, John? I haven't printed any of these yet. Um, <laughs> yet <laughs> the, um, the the Grim Guard were going to be my, funnily enough, Deathcore project because I didn't mm. want to buy the plastic kits. Mm. So th- th- if I was to do Deathcore, it would be Station Forge's range for it because. Out of all the ones I have seen, they're the, as Justin has pointed out, they're the least close in aesthetic. 
they also have a bit of uniqueness to them, and that that's ah. that's cool. I know she's a bit. I've been cut apart. <laughs> yeah. I do like the the bits of damage and stuff on it. Yep, that's cool. Very nice. Yeah, it's the fact it's in her back. Yeah. Leads me to believe she was given orders she shouldn't have been giving orders to to regiment. I mean, here's the problem: as soon as you're a commissar and you shoot one of your guys in the head, you have to go into battle with these guys, and they have guns. <laughs> they should always wear armor. Mm. That's a cool take on the sort of the, the mechanicus kind of yep. style. Instead of having a hover vehicle, mm-hmm. moves towards the the cranky legs that give it a little bit more of a Star Wars vibe, which I think yeah. is quite nice. Yeah, I like the uh, arm as well. Just grabby, grabby they, yeah, yeah, rather than walking up well, the ramp in there, they just well, pick them up by the head. <laughs> well, when, when your ogring goes, it's too cramped in there. You can just go, no, 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 come on. <laughs> There's elements of that I would take and put on other models. That quad mount, I like yeah. that quad gun. Oh, that mount. is I'd, nice. Yeah, I'd stick that on everything. Mm. I wonder if they've got the guns and stuff separately, or are they part of the kits? Because mm. there's bases and bits and bobs. No. Sci-fi Katusha, me likey. Oh, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a Katusha for World War Two. You could just get a bold action one. <laughs> oh, stop, stop being a jackass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you can see, they've done a fair amount of stuff over the last little while, kind of bringing together a whole bunch of different uh, characters and troopers and all sorts of different things, making uh, a range of sort of kind of sort of unique and in, interesting um, elements that you can include in your armies in different ways. I like the fact that some of their stuff is, well, modular in the, mm. in the sense that, as you can see here, you can kind of just bolt Mul- on the armour if you want multi-part. to. Multi-part. I would leave him skinless. I think the skinless <laughs> yes. version looks yeah. looks much more deadly. <laughs> it lets you, but it would let you do a lot of battle damage on those armour plates. Oh, yeah. You like, really yeah. chew them up and have yeah. them sort of hanging off and stuff. Yeah, like, you, you want to hurt the model. Force him I, to harvest his own armor from the dead he kills. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I also like that it changes the subgenre, genre almost. So if you did it without the armor paneling on, that's kind of got like a grim dark vibe to it. Mm. If you stuck the armor panels on because of the shape of them and the curved nature, that suddenly takes things slightly more in that kind of higher sci-fi element of things. Mm. So you can play around with different styles on that and that kind of, that kind of stuff and iconography and bits and pieces like that mm. uh, in order to bring them together. Oh, yeah. Auto cannons on the back mud guard. <laughs> I mean, that's excessive. I feel. I don't think uh, so. Cult of the machine gun. Right hand drive. How very uh, European. Well, yeah. <laughs> very British. How, yeah, how very British of you. Oh yeah, we're the weird ones on that, aren't we? Yep. Hell, Lehman Russ is a right hand drive. That's true. Interesting stuff. I like mm-hmm. it. So they do a patron as well as yeah, the mine yeah. factory with all the tribe bits and stuff. Yeah, so if you're interested in uh, picking up anything additional from Station Forge, you can either go over to their store and you can just buy the elements as you see here. Just go through their back catalogue and pick things up as and when you see fit. Right. Um, or you can... <laughs> rarg. <laughs> I mean, Nurgle does be up to tricks. Yeah. Or you can... Uh, head on over and dive into their Patreon or their tribes and that kind of stuff, and you'll get access to miniatures every month. Um, as you saw, some of the orky stuff was uh, the stuff that arrived uh, recently, so you can go and check that out, and I'm sure that'll be available to dive into on their store in the near future. So, yeah, very cool. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim centre over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. 
If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. So, last but by no means least, we have a couple of Kickstarters. Yeah. Uh, and first off, we're going to be going all Curse of the Wolf. Yes. Curse yes. of the Wolf. That's <laughs> one for RLM fans out there. Um, right. So, yes, Flios Games, or Flyos Games, I don't know how you say it. Um, I don't care. <laughs> are on Kickstarter right now with their game, Wealthy Apocalypse Retaliation. Uh, so this is, by their own admittance, an 18-plus board game, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting, uh, where you will play as werewolves from the Wealthy Apocalypse world, which is a well-known role-playing um, World of Darkness. World of Darkness spin-off bit, essentially. Uh, sub-game, I suppose, uh, within that uh, that universe. Um, it is a one-to-four-player game where you'll be playing as members of the Garu. So that's your sort of werewolves from within the world of Wealthy Apocalypse. Uh, and you'll be able to shift and change through forms like Homid, which is human, Lupus, which is like a wolf, and Krynos, which is big bad war wolf. The, the typical werewolf, basically. Mm. Uh, no love for Glabro and Hispo, apparently, but there we go. <laughs> they didn't deserve any. They didn't know any, yeah. <laughs> Hairy human and slightly bigger wolf, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to playing the game, you're going to be able to decide on the different character figures that are used to represent each of each your different forms. You'll then be able to choose your tribe and your auspice, just like you would do in the... Uh, uh, Billy the werewolf. In the... Um, in the, in the role-playing game, you'll then be able to work out your stats and everything like that you'll be using in order to do all of your tests and all that kind of good stuff. And then you'll be diving into 30 unique scenarios set across a branching campaign that will apparently each take around 90 minutes to play. And the sort of overall theme that they've gone for with this is the idea of a dungeon crawler. Um, so you'll be engaging in brutal combat on the tabletop um, playing as your werewolves in their various different forms, and you'll be building up your rage so that you can slowly tw- turn between them all and then go Krynos and destroy everything in front of you and rip and tear and do all the nasty stuff that people do in the role-playing game, basically. Uh, I would be really hesitant if any of the enemies in this game were humans, because if they were, they'd just look at you once in Kronos form and then go, ah, and rip their eyes out and run away, because that's what most people do. So there we go. It's the best way to deal with them. Yes. All right. This is maybe a silly question, but in the Kickstarter, have they mentioned what makes it an 18 plus game? Uh, they just said it has adult themes. Fair enough. Um, so I was seeing there's quite a lot of Seems blood and violence and horrible fair, nasty fair enough, stuff. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. So, yes. Just, just thought I would ask the silly question. <laughs> well, part, probably one of them is going to be the fact that, you know, loggers, humans, people deforesting the area, getting butchered by the okay. heroes. Daily okay. humans. You know. Um, but yeah. So your main foe in this is going to be based around the worm, which is one of the the, the villains from uh, the Garu end up facing off against. As well as I believe it was the other one called the Weaver. Was it the, the Weaver? Weaver? Oh, yeah, because the Weaver was Weavers sewing are... together the Umbra and then yep. the worm was trying to distort and change everything yeah. within our world and stuff. So yeah. I, I imagine uh, Pentex Corporation will feature Pentex as have well. got to be in there somewhere. Yeah. They are like the big bands. It yes, does seem to so. draw massively on the RPG, so detailed yeah, dice yeah. pool system. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy, I'm fairly certain Billy is the the name of the you know. Let's see what Billy and his friends are doing in their game. You know the, the introduction. <laughs> it probably <RPG>. is actually. <laughs> I, I could reach behind me to find yeah. out, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that Billy has been getting his ass kicked by werewolves for thirty <laughs> years now. Uh, but even even the um, the gifts, 
God, they're all named to me. ones they're all, from the, the they're, book. They're all yeah. named ones from the book as well. Yeah. Uh, and this is just kind of builds on things quite nicely because um, the folks the at, uh, I don't know if it's White Wolf anymore or if it's Onyx Path, but either way, Path, they're bringing back uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse uh, with a new edition of the role-playing game. So mm. it makes sense for there to be a board game coming out as well for you to sort of sink your teeth into, ha, 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 and uh, play around oh, with former it. Top. Yeah. Creepy. So yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff in here for people who are sort of big fans of Werewolf the Apocalypse and want to get a little bit of a board game kick mm. based on their favourite role-playing game as well. I should say, like we talked about the fact that gifts are in the game, there's also loads of other stuff. So allies are in there. So a lot of the time in Werewolf the Apocalypse, because you're a werewolf, you can't do certain things. So having allies is quite a handy thing to have. Uh, there's you need also somebody to pack the silver bullets out of you. Exactly. Please. Yes. Uh, there's also uh, pack tactics in there. So uh, one of my favourites that we used to do with our group was called the wishbone, where every member of your pack would grab a limb and then pull, which was great. I loved that. <laughs> this is why it's an 18 game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and apparently there's lots of kind of role-playing-y sort of choice and consequence built into the storytelling, which I assume is where a lot of that 18-plus content is going to come from anyway as well, where you'll have to make, you know, slightly adult decisions about certain things that are going to be coming up as well. So it's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows when it comes to being a werewolf. In fact, it's going to be moons and clouds instead. There we go. That's that's the way I think it's going to be. <laughs> Another thing uh, for people to pitch your stuff. You can have someone to paint your stuff with you. The other thing that's really nice about this as well is that I know a lot of people have been crying out for people to make Wealth the Apocalypse style miniatures. Mm. And now having some of these as part of this board game means that a lot of people can take them and do other stuff with them as well. Which well you can, I mean, nice. Rafam did them back in the day. I think I've still got Silent Striders kicking around the house. I know they used to exist. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they've also said that there's uh, like a true solo mode in the game. Uh, mm. So it's not one that's been bolted on because it was an afterthought or whatever, that, as far as they say anyway. Uh, this has been designed so as a full on true solo mode experience. So if you want to take on the worm by yourself, you can indeed do so. So, uh, yeah. That's kind of funky. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of of um, exploring the world of darkness, specifically werewolf, because it was very different from vampire. Because you had a yes. you had a, an enemy in front of you that you could see, uh, with the likes of Pentex and and uh, the worm trying to destroy Earth, mm-hmm. and you were meant to be their defenders. So it was great yeah. in that respect. Whereas the others were very nebulous. Vampires yeah. was all just politics. He couldn't really do. Uh, a dungeon crawler with vampires that makes sense um, without really shoehorning it in there and mage was just terrible just required 15 people to suck the mage, mage broke my brain yeah. admittedly I was a teenager at the time but mage broke my brain and I didn't understand it a demon um, you just don't kick a dog to get angst and stuff it's just it was pointless uh, I mean, but no but werewolf was good I mean for me playing vampire it's you're always having to hide like the supernatural stuff you're doing which I always felt labored it a little bit for me oh it was nothing compared to mage that would fry your head oh fair that's enough. why you just go off and play with the fairies instead oh i'm uh, well i'm innocent of that so leave me be well what's what's quite nice about i think i, I think one of the things that's nice about this game and the kind of approach they've taken is that as you say jerry like playing werewolf the apocalypse being part of a tribe being part of that group um your pack essentially engendered cooperative ga- like works. gaming it, in it, a role-play yeah. setting and so it works 
for a board game where you've got that single focus of who you want to take out and and it's just about working out how you do that essentially yeah so yeah uh, because you're playing a sort of a narrative game as well where you've got progression in there then you can have different phases of the moon and stuff come in naturally as you play through which obviously means that your pack should wax and wane some characters will become yeah. stronger yeah. than uh, for different scenarios as well so that could be quite interesting as to how they adapt that but yeah sweet Ooh, before we finish as well there's also a permadeath mode so if you want to play oh, the nice. campaign and just die there's an option to do that oh, as well. that's, that's so, good yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm never gonna play iron wolf mode <laughs> iron wolf mode i like it yeah right uh 13 days left already funded if you fancy a bit of the old school werewolf the apocalypse you can do that and we have one last kickstarter from ill-gotten games with monger iron or fish <laughs> what type of monger is it uh so monger uh, is a sort of entirely printable sci-fi game uh set in a world of no hope essentially uh so it's a diesel punk style sci-fi world where the kind of focus isn't necessarily on it just being grim dark. It's on a, it's uh, as people said in our comments when we talked about this on the news. It's being in a world where you just literally can't do anything. <laughs> Everything is bad. <laughs> Everything's bad, sounds, and you should feel bad. It, yeah. it sounds very familiar. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, everything in the game, as I say, is printable. So you can print all of the troops off, all of your heroes, and those modular walkers, as you can see there. Those kind of war suits with all the different guns and weapons and that kind of stuff on them. Why is it a kitchen stove? <laughs> because no, why, why not? Why is it Wally that decided I've had enough of this? <laughs> uh, Shit's just many, got real with Wally. I mean, him and Eve may have broke up. Yeah, true. Uh, but the uh, the game itself uh, comes from the folks at Ill-Gotten Games, who we've looked at in the past hmm. as part of an indie of the week, yep. uh, where they created the Crux gaming system. Um, which we talked about in a little bit of detail there. It's a very quick and easy system for gaming on the tabletop. It uses all of the poly dice. And the idea for this game is that it allows kind of fast resolution of different elements. So when you fight people and you you sort of do damage and stuff, there's no wounds or anything in, in, in the same way as you might find in other skirmish games. You're just either dead or you're not, essentially. So it's a quick and easy, fun like sci-fi system. Much like life. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the sculpts come from James Ong, who has worked with them on uh, bringing all the different miniatures to life. And as I say, the, the focus on this is just kind of just have fun and be mm. modular, really. Uh, there is campaign elements and narrative scenarios that have been built into the game as well. So it has the sort of effect that Necromunda and Mordheim have had, where you kind of dive in and you play with a sort of fledgling group of adventurers. And then as things go through, you'll kind of upgrade and change as you, as you do and that kind of stuff, which is always nice to see. And um, yeah, as you can see, they've they've done a bunch of uh, uh, of the of the sort of example mm. warbands, gangs, essentially that they've yeah, come up with the game, can... and they've done some gameplay bits as well. Have a wee yeah. newsy and see what's going on as well. Mm-hmm. I like the vertical tanks. They're walkers. They are <laughs> yes, beefy, properly beefy. Vertical tank is a cool way of explaining of describing it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like it plays out in a what's that? A three by three. Yeah, something like that. Maybe, even, maybe even a two by two. I like over. There's not enough overpasses in life, mm-hmm. and we see very few monorails these days as well. Add add a bit more height to your tabletop mm. with um, things like that, because at least then you've got something to uh, look down on. I mean, exactly. something to push people off. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> 
the, the, the reason it's not necessarily the biggest of the Kickstarters that yeah. we've looked at uh, <laughs> today. Obviously, Wealth, the Apocalypse Retaliation has is ridiculously funded or whatever. Yeah, uh, but uh, Monga it's got for thirty odd years of exactly. people playing it, doing yeah. it. Yeah, uh, but I thought this one was a really fun little idea. Uh, it comes from a company that, as I say, we've really liked look, yeah. the look of in the past. So if you want to find out more about Crux, you know, we can. Well, I'll link back to that older weekender so we can talk about that in a little bit more detail and stuff. But uh, we'll see us talk about it in a little bit yeah. more detail. But um, in general, I think this one's well worth having a look at, um, especially if you're someone who has the ability to do a lot of 3D printing and has a, an actual functioning ink printer. Oh, my God. As Ben looks at his and cries, um, you can print off everything, get it ready for the tabletop like and have attendant. fun all on your own in a is, DIY style. So. Is Monger funded? funded? It is funded. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to get on board with it, you've got no worries whatsoever. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, you can pick this up for the full game, or if you just fancy grabbing it for the STLs, the mm-hmm. pledge level's still relatively low anyway. So even if you're not planning on using the the rules with it, there's a lot going on, including yep. the 3D highway mm-hmm. um, terrain is in there as well. That's cool. So it's it's really good for post-apocalyptic or sci-fi games like. The likes of Rogue Star, Xenos, things like that we were talking about earlier anyway. Yep. Um, you could definitely get involved with that or uh, go a bit of the Chuck, old school. Chuck the terrain elements into Fallout Wasteland Warfare. Fallout, yep. Walking Dead or... Uh, or I just love these these pig-faced helmets on these guys. Yeah. I think the, the, the design of the actual like trooper models is great. Mm. I love them. <laughs> yeah. Every, everything just go. looks a little bit scuffed. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> In but a lot in a of no way, yes. Yeah. <laughs> print one out to see how it looks if you're a printy exactly. type person to see. Yeah. If you didn't realize it was a free model, it's a free model. So. Uh, oh, yeah. It just says, oh, I, I just caught it there in this wee bit here. <laughs> yeah, the rubble or the rubble rousers. The rubble rousers and the rubble bees. bees. Yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet like candy. So, yeah, Ill Gotten Games Monger. Six days left on that and already funded as well. I think that's enough. We're going to have to go. These kids will have to kiss and make up. It's all very tense. No. <laughs> We're going to he- uh, head on. Uh, we'll be back next Friday for more of the same. Don't forget to comment below if you want to win the Bersaleri Starter Army for Bolt Action. Or oh. or if you want more of us. I can't get enough. We'll be back on Sunday morning over on tabletop.com for the Cult of Games show. Uh, for our cultists you can join us for a 30 day trial if you fancy seeing what we get up to uh, it's mostly more of the fighting than less of the scrolling it's good <laughs> it's good in that respect guys until next time have a great week of gaming bye bye go ahead and check out our other content on screen now and while you're at it why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong go on you know you want to click it go on <laughs>